BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, beautiful people. My name is Elisa Reynolds, and I'm the executive chef and founder of My Two Cents LA and host of My Last Meal, a new podcast that asks people from all walks of life, whether it's musicians, celebrities, artists, chefs, scientists, Renaissance men and women, what their last meal on earth would be and why. So don't forget to tune in on Fridays. You can find us anywhere you can listen to podcasts, so why not? Let me tell you about the last meal. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. My name is Aliyah Kamalova, and today we're bringing you another installation in our How to Become series. Today, we are entering the ever-evolving field of marketing, and more specifically, how to become a marketing manager. And I know this is kind of a vague job title because it could truly mean so many different things, but that's kind of exactly why we wanted to cover this job. Marketing is beneficial to arguably every type of company, service, or product, so naturally, seeking a marketing manager role could be pretty lucrative. I interviewed two expert marketers about how to become a marketing manager, what to expect in a marketing job interview, and what does a marketing manager's salary look like, and so much more. So if you're interested in becoming a marketing manager or you're just curious to figure out what exactly they do, continue listening to this episode. And now, this is the Career Contessa podcast. As always with this series, I started with a hard-hitting question. What exactly is a marketing manager? Kendra Newton is a marketing director for a tech startup in Web3. Here's how she defined the role. I would describe a marketer with their main role being about promoting a brand, a product, a service, even a personality. So your role really encompasses a number of different duties and projects, depending on where you work and what you're working on. So usually as a marketer, you're trying to get someone to take a specific action, to buy, to pre-order, to share, to follow, to subscribe, to donate, and so many other things. And marketers can get people to take those type of actions through a variety of means. It can be traditional print marketing, which is brochures, posters, postcards, digital marketing and ads, social media, influencer outreach, newsletters, brand partnerships, videos and trailers. It's a wide range of things. One big misconception about marketing is that a lot of people think it's just 
you know, another term for sales or public relations. And while there's some overlap, it's really its own separate role and it serves its own separate function. So, you know, the way I look at it is that sales typically requires contracts and purchase orders for their interactions and publicity isn't paid for, it's free. And so marketing can really fall in between because there's times where there's a budget involved or ads or a partnership, but there's also a lot of bartering or free offerings that can come into play for promotions. And here's how Megan Yip, a full-time freelance marketing consultant and growth advisor, defines the role. So there's many different types of marketing managers out there. I am what you call a performance marketer. So that is really focused on either growth, acquisition, or retention. There are some channel-based marketers, so people who really focus on digital marketing or offline partnerships, email, just to name a few. And lastly, there are brand-based marketers. So people who focus on just the brand in general and partnerships and things like social media. So I would define the role as someone who leads marketing efforts to drive some positive business outcome. So that can be either as a individual contributor. So you're a manager of a channel or a subject matter expert or a manager of people or accounts or business. So more like a strategic generalist. But in reality, you're probably a combination of both if you are a marketing manager. A typical day in the life of a marketer is different all the time. You might hear this and say, wow, that sounds super chaotic. Or you may hear this and say, wow, that's great. Never a boring day. Here's what a typical day looks like, including some common job duties. As a marketer, your job really encompasses a lot of different roles. And a lot of times the duties that you're working on would be separate roles at a different company. So right now I'm doing marketing in the Web3 space. And previously I worked as a marketing director at a book publisher for a couple of years. So when it came to my duties and even what I'm doing now, my day-to-day duties include managing social media and presenting analytics, coordinating brand partnerships, influencer outreach, drafting content for newsletters, coordinating videos and trailers, facilitating sweepstakes and giveaways, working with vendors on merch and promotional items, creating graphics, and so much more. So examples of day-to-day duties can include drafting and posting social media content, posting in real time on social media and responding to comments and DMs. A marketer can research influencers for collaborations or on the other side, reach out to them, pitching them for collaborations or gifting them with product or brand awareness, drafting and sending out newsletters, reviewing and sharing digital analytics. You know, there's just so many different factors that come into play, you know, booking print and digital ads and coming up with ideas for promotional items, which could be tote bags, mugs, t-shirts, tumblers. Those are just a few different examples of promotional items we put out before. So I would say every week is slightly different, but the day-to-day is similar in the fact that you're really just following your brand's marketing calendar. So I've only primarily worked in-house. So at like Match or MeUndies or at Billy. Starting off, I'll talk about kind of what I did on a day-to-day basis as a media buyer or strategist at Match. So a lot of it is weekly meetings with teammates and channel owners to give updates on recent marketing performance. So that's anywhere from discussing your recent learnings on the tests that you executed, talking about how you're pacing towards your marketing goals, how much budget that you've cleared or budget that you've overcleared, you know, and also spending time executing on your media plan and your media strategy. So that's anywhere from logging into Facebook and physically building those ads on Google. And also I would say weekly meetings with your marketing agencies and your partner representatives. The day-to-day, so you sort of wake up in the morning, you log in. I was primarily 
going into an office. But, you know, now with this day and age, there's hybrid or right now I work fully from home. But you wake up, you typically log on, you look at your data and you start optimizing your campaigns in the morning. So that's anywhere from pulling, reporting, analyzing your recent performance, changing bids and budgets, strategizing your next steps with your teammates, briefing in the creative, and then also executing whatever needs to be executed by the end of the week. So that's kind of, I would say, more of the junior side of things as you get more senior. So speaking to my experiences as a director of marketing at MeUndies and Billy, it's similar to the media buyers, except now you're the one that's leading the meetings. So you're doing the higher level analysis and driving the strategy for all of your teammates and sort of working together with them to be able to answer those business questions. So that kind of entails meeting with the executive teams, the cross-functional leaders to give performance updates, sharing your learnings, always having constant alignment because things change so often. And then when things do change, it's orchestrating and communicating those shifts to all your cross-functional partners and rallying the team to get those updates done and driving those day-to-day pivots. And then there's also interesting things like ad hoc analyses, asking for approval on cool projects, building forecasts, building projections. So you're really just trying to drive towards your performance goals. Marketing manager is more of a senior level role. So obviously it might take years of experience within the marketing field in order to get to that specific position. However, if you're just starting out, here are some tips based on Kendra and Megan's firsthand experience on the kind of education and training required for the role. For myself getting into marketing, I really pivoted a lot in my career. So I actually studied journalism in school. I got a bachelor's from Penn State and then a master's in magazine publishing at Northwestern. So my career actually went from journalism to doing public relations for consumer brands, personalities, magazines, and authors. And then I transitioned into marketing for celebrity books and now Web3. And I would say the main skills that I've taken from each job to the next is being able to write and edit. That comes into play a lot for marketing materials, newsletter copies, social media media captions. And, you know, a lot of that training when you're starting out is really going to come from real world experience. It's coming from being on the job. And, you know, that's happening all the time. So even if you've been a marketer for years, when you're working at a company for a brand, there's new tools that are constantly coming into play, especially as we see with social media. The platforms are changing all the time. The marketers are figuring out how to, you know, work with the algorithms. So you're just constantly learning new things. You just have to really learn how to be flexible. And so, you know, right now, social media is a big part of marketing roles. And the best way, again, to really kind of make that part of the process about getting into marketing is just staying to date on those apps, being an active user, learning how to use analytics and insights, staying informed with resources and websites. And, you know, to get into marketing, I think it's just so important to, you know, make an effort to make connections and stay in good standing with your coworkers and managers. You'd be amazed at how your connections can come into play throughout your career. They move around a lot. You just never know where someone maybe went to that now can work in your favor, depending on what you're working on. And for myself, when I got into marketing, it was actually through contacts that I knew previously. So I'd worked as a publicist at a book publishing company. I left for a couple of years, worked for myself, and then decided I wanted to go back into that space. And specifically, that company had a great experience. So I went online, I, I saw what the positions were, and there was a senior marketing manager role that was available. So I applied online, I heard back from HR, and it turned out to be the hiring manager was someone that I'd worked with before on some of the books. So he brought me in, we had a great conversation, and then that's how I got that marketing position. I 
stayed on that team for eight years. So I went from senior marketing manager to senior marketing director. And then late last year, a former coworker of mine from the same publishing company left to join a tech startup. He was there for a couple of months. And then he reached out and said, you know, I'm growing my team. I really loved what you've done in your current role. And I think you make a great addition to my team and what we're doing now. And so that's how I currently joined a tech startup I'm at now. So I've been there since February of this year. So I'm really lucky in that a good chunk of what I learned in school really did help me throughout my career. But that's not to say I know a lot of successful people who didn't study business or marketing and are extremely great at their marketing jobs. So I studied business economics as an undergrad at UCLA. So that was primarily economics mixed with business accounting and finance. But I didn't actually study marketing until I did a study abroad for summer school at London School of Economics. So I studied marketing and management there. I really fell in love with marketing there. And that's when I decided that's really where I wanted to focus my career on. Landing my first job was actually extremely difficult. I would say what really helped me was I actually have a mentor and friend of mine who worked at Match and knew that I was looking for a marketing job. And I think that's how a lot of people get their first jobs out of college is really networking. So that was really important in getting that job. And I spoke with her on what she did, sort of she really did help me out with how to prepare for the interview. So yeah, I started my job as a media buyer and digital marketing specialist at Match. And then I then made the jump to the e-commerce side of things at MeUndies. So I really started as just an associate there and then had just amazing transformational growth because it was a high growth company and they really allowed me the opportunity to level myself up so that I had the opportunity to become director there. And then once I became director, I also was able to make my jump into another business, which was Billy. It was really important to be a associate that was doing the media buying in the beginning. And that was what really allowed me to learn the critical thinking skills, understand the nuances of how to run the tests and change the bids and the campaign and build that strategy so that when you look at one channel, you can look at multiple channels and then manage an entire media budget for a business. So that is what uh, helped me get to my director position. And then having worked in three really wonderful brands, I was able to sort of take my consulting side gig full time. So having those three brands on my resume was the ultimate resume builder. And it allowed me to get clients and a lot of people were knocking on my door and saying that they needed some help. And then I took a step back and realized like, wow, I could really take this freelance um, to, to full time. So with the world being fully remote, I work fully remote. I really like the flexibility in my schedule. So I decided to make that jump. But I definitely wouldn't have been able to get here without my three in-house positions. Okay, so now we know the typical education and training required. I asked our experts about the typical career growth starting from entry level to senior level for a career in marketing. Career trajectory in the marketing industry, I think the best way to start most likely is with an internship. You know, you just want to be able to get your foot in the door. So, you know, if you're just trying to figure out how to start, I think I think the best thing to do is just start with your own socials. If you have your own newsletter, things like that, use that as case studies to prove your skill set if you're trying to get into that entry role. Now, if you do go straight into an entry role, 
you know, and you're looking to make your way up, the way it kind of is, is there's a lot of different roles that you can fall into. So starting out, you're most likely looking at starting as a marketing coordinator or assistant, and then you can move up to marketing associate, then assistant manager, then marketing manager, then senior marketing manager, associate director, marketing director, senior marketing director, and then VP is at the top. So some people might hit all of those roles when they're going from entry to a more senior level position, but there's certainly times where you can skip one. So you could go from a marketing associate, skip assistant manager, and go straight to a marketing manager. I would say the general path of any marketing manager was best described to me by my former boss and now mentor and friend, Elaine. It's this analogy of the T-shaped marketer. So I'm talking about the letter, the capital letter T. So the up and down of the T, so like the letter I or the vertical part of the T is really the deep expertise in a subject. So being a channel owner that is the subject matter expert in, say, digital marketing or in social media or content marketing And I would say most entry-level associate roles start here. It's really becoming a subject matter expert in one channel. Then there is the left-right line of the T or the horizontal part of the T. And that is the broad marketing knowledge about different marketing subjects. So as you continue from an associate to a marketing manager, you develop into your own version of this T-shaped marketer. And I think the goal from entry level to making that jump to a marketing manager is that you want to deepen your eye, so deepen your subject matter expertise, and broaden your T. So understanding what are all the related marketing subjects that really can build you into this T-shaped marketer. So just to sum it up, there are many different paths one could take in order to get into a marketing manager role. Once you're there, however, there are many pros and a few cons that come along with the job. Here are our marketing experts' most favorite aspects of the job. My favorite part of being a marketer is just being introduced to so many different things. You just meet so many amazing people from different backgrounds who are really creative. They love what they're doing. You know, when I worked on book marketing, I worked with authors who were celebrities and personalities and experts for from different industries, music, beauty, fashion, food politics, health and wellness. You know, I worked with a neuroscientist and then the next day could be a comedian and later that day, a mental health expert, you know, a Grammy winning country singer, political activist. So I just had my hands on a lot of different things and it just really opens up your mind and your world to what's out there. It just makes you be more creative in terms of how you want to market and promote and tell a story. I think the, the my favorite part of marketing is that the work is really fun and engaging. I think performance marketing is both an art and a science. And I really love combining the analytical side and my creative side of the brain. And marketing also changes so rapidly. So figuring out what works for your business or your client is challenging and rewarding. It's super cool because things change all the time. So what worked for you in the last three years of the business is not going to be the same thing that works for you in the next three years to to grow and hit your goals. So that's always really cool to figure out for for the brand. Another thing that's awesome is if you're in an in-house team, you get to collaborate with basically every other team in the organization from, you know, business intelligence, analytics, finance, creative, tech, product. And that was really fun to understand what are all the pieces of the puzzle that you need to put together to grow the business together. And here's what they had to say about some of the more challenging aspects. 
I would say the most challenging part for marketers right now is probably just, again, how companies can view the position. It really sometimes can be a catch-all for everything. So a marketer could be, you know, doing social media, influencer outreach, brand partnerships, the ad campaigns, the graphic design, the video production, email marketing, website development. So there's a lot of things that kind of end up falling under the umbrella of marketing. So I think the challenge there just really is, you know, trying to figure out how to juggle those tasks and manage your bandwidth. The work is really tough sometimes. There's lots of meetings and just not a lot of time to sometimes do the work. So with hard deadlines, things like product launches or holidays or busy season, you sort of just have to roll up your sleeves, put in the hours and get the work done. But it's not just you, it's your team. So so you're never alone in that. Specifically as a performance marketer, everything that you do is considered measurable. And that typically puts an immense pressure on your team to pull these levers and these strategies that are expected to move the needle for certain KPIs. You're typically the bearer of bad news and you have to lead those tough conversations when things don't go as expected or your strategies aren't hitting the goals. And some things are really just out of your control due to macroeconomic factors or market factors. And not everyone wants to hear that, but you do need to have those tough conversations with an executive team on what can you do to work together to you know, push and drive the, the business forward, given all of those hardships. As with any other job, if you want to continue to grow in your career, it's important to set goals and figure out metrics for actually hitting those goals. And success can look like a lot of different things. Kendra broke down success for a marketing manager into three components. My measure for success as a marketer, I kind of look at it in three different buckets. So the first is, you know, what are my teams, my company's goals? So when I was working on books, success meant, you know, tons of pre-orders and getting the book onto the New York Times bestseller list. So that was a marker for success. But maybe your team's goal is increasing your newsletter subscribers, bringing in a certain number, you know, a certain amount of revenue for the quarter, hitting a specific engagement rate on social media accounts. So I think just really knowing what are those markers so that you have those different levels of success throughout the campaign is just a great way to make sure that you're on the right path, the right trajectory. And then the second bucket is just, you know, working directly with clients. As a marketer, there's just such a great sense of, you know, success when they're happy with your efforts and your results. You know, they love how a newsletter looks. They're raving about a social media campaign. They're really excited about incentives and merch that you brought on board. So I think that's just a really great sense of accomplishment as a marketer. And the third component is career development. It's something I'm really passionate about, especially for my team. I love seeing them learn and grow. And so when they're advancing in their roles and their creative ideas, they're seeing them come to fruition. They're getting into a more leadership position of managing their own campaigns. I think for me, that's just a great level of success is just seeing how they're growing and learning and just really bringing something great to the team as well. Megan spoke about success in both concrete and abstract ways. I would say it's a balance of optimizing three limited resources. It's ad dollars or money, process, and team bandwidth to be able to hit these goals. So when I talk about money, yeah, that's like ad dollars and marketing expenses. Process is how quickly or efficiently you're learning, optimizing, Are you feeling your growth and retention machine? Are you getting the right pieces of data? Are you failing fast and learning quick? And team bandwidth, I would say, is how do you make the team work smarter and not harder? So I would say I typically think about two versions of success. So there's your brand success, but there's also your team's success. So talking about the brand success, right, as the performance marketer, 
are you optimizing your budget in the most efficient way to drive business goals like KPIs or OKRs? Are you creating strategies and testing and learning agendas so you can answer the correct key business questions? And are you actually moving the needle on the KPIs? More abstract, I would say, is that it's your team's success, both upwards, sideways, and downwards. So upwards is, are you gaining the trust of your business leaders and keeping them posted on how you're driving the business forward and creating a structure where the executive leadership team has the confidence in your strategy and management of the team and the resources. Sideways would be collaborating with your other team stakeholders on your strategies and how are you bringing their expertise into the equation so that you're solving larger business questions together and not individually and not in silos. And downwards is, are you leveling up your team? Are you sharing learnings between your channel owners? Are you allowing them to critically think? And are you removing blockers for them so that you know they can get their work done efficiently? There are many hard, soft, and tech skills that come into play as a marketing manager. Here are just a few of the important ones. The hard skills are, you know, is writing, copy editing, doing graphic design. You know, a lot of marketers aren't necessarily what they would call themselves as designers. So we kind of, we use Canva, which is free and great. You can make beautiful graphics. And then, you know, just learning how to also budget. So just being a little financially savvy and, and keeping track of the numbers. And then when it comes to soft skills, I'd say it's really being able to multitask, being able to network, being able to take risk and try new things, being flexible and being able to pivot because the industry is just changing so much. There's a lot of trial and error when it comes to marketing. Urgent items come up for projects. If you're working on social media, sometimes there's just reactionary things going on. There's breaking news, there's media hitting, you're doing crisis management. So just being able to go with the flow is definitely a skill set you want there. And I think just also being curious and having creativity. There's such a fun element to marketing where you get to come up with, you know, these really fun interactive ideas and then just implementing that into the campaign so that, you know, it helps you promote what you're working on, whether it's the personality, the brand, a tool, and being able to tell that story to consumers, users, buyers. And then when it comes to the tech skills, you know, social media, again, being just such a big part of marketing is being able to use the in-app tools in Facebook and in Instagram on TikTok, or, you know, there's a lot of outside apps that you can use to edit video clips, to schedule social media ads, to pull insights, scheduling tools also like later, which is great. So you can really kind of look at a calendar plug in your social media content, the images, the captions, and just schedule that out. It just really simplifies everything. You know, being able to use an email service provider like MailChimp, team workspace platforms are huge, like Google Workspace and Dropbox. You're sending around a lot of files. You know, you just want to make sure everything's in one place. It's easy for everyone to access, whether they're internal team members or externally, if it's another team, if it's the client themselves. A lot of project management tools like Asana and website building tools, whether that's Squarespace, WordPress, or Wix, all of that really comes into play. A good skill to have, I think, is good marketing fundamentals. And what I mean by that is understanding the math behind what drives your KPIs, what levers you can pull and what levers you actually can't pull. Another great skill to have is learning about marketing attribution. So that means how do you make sense of your numbers and the different ways of evaluating marketing touch points in a customer's journey that affects their path to purchase. Learning Excel, I think, is super important because that is going to be a huge time saver in terms of analyzing your data and pulling reports. So learn how to make pivot tables, learn how to write VLOOKUPs, Learn how to write more complex equations like index match and index match match. 
because that's going to really help automate your reporting. And lastly, I would say data visualization tools such as Looker and Tableau are super helpful too. In terms of soft skills, I think critical thinking and problem solving are going to get you very far in this career. The next disruptor is doing something different. So thinking outside of the box is going to be crucial in putting setting you apart as, as a marketer. The appetite to always continue to learn is also super important because marketing changes so much. It evolves so quickly. There are new channels that pop up all the time, new marketing technology, new ways to look at your data. So you're always going to be a lifelong learner in this role. Now that we know what education, training, and skills are needed for a marketing manager, let's take a step back and focus on how to actually find a marketing job. So if you are currently working in a different industry and want to transition into marketing, here are a few tips. If someone's looking to transition into a marketing role, I say one, just learn as much as you can about marketing, whether that's following other marketing experts online, you know, so many of them are putting out free content that's amazing. And then they can even up-level it with a paid course. There's several paid courses that I've gotten involved with where I've just learned so much and I've brought that into my day-to-day job. And then, you know, again, reading books, there's so much, there's so many resources that are out there. So again, just learning as much as you can. I think being active on social media, so you not only know how the different platforms work, but you have, you know, you're really assessing how other companies and brands are using their socials. You can see what's working and what's not working so that when you're interviewing, you can bring your own creative ideas to the table. And again, if you have your own online brand, so many people now are content creators. If you're one of them, you can use your own socials as a case study to say, you know, look, this is something that I feel I can bring to the table for you. That actually happened at my last company where we had an intern and she's a bookstagrammer. And so she has, you know, 35,000 followers on there. She's fantastic with her socials, promoting books. That's exactly what we wanted for our team. So that was just a real highlight on her resume and why we decided to bring her on board, you know, in addition to all the other amazing skill sets that she had. And if you know marketers, talk to them about their roles, ask them to keep you in mind for positions, reach out to alumni from your school for informationals. It's really about building out your network, putting yourself out there and letting people know what you're looking for. Because, you know, as we know, the best way to get things is to ask for them. And if you're in a current role and, you know, in another department and you want to transition again into that marketing position, see what you can do to help with marketing projects and tasks at your current company. See if there's a project that you can get involved in, volunteer your time and your effort. And this could be a great way to help you transition internally. They're now seeing how involved you are. It's just like a smooth way to bring someone over to the team who's already in-house. Or if you're looking for a new gig, you now have you know this project and some of those marketing tasks that you can add to your resume. I think a good place to start off is to follow and dissect what your favorite brands are doing and what you like about it and go seek that person that is doing that for the business. As I said, like in the beginning, having a mentor and talking to somebody about what they did at Match was really the key to helping me get this job. So I would go out there, do some cold calling and or ask for friends to see if they're willing to speak with you on what kind of marketing that they do and see if that's the field you want to go in because there's just so much in under the marketing umbrella. Another thing with the internet is that there's a lot of self-learning. I still do a lot of self-learning nowadays, mostly just Googling the question or going on YouTube and watching some videos. Help me learn new marketing concepts. There's lots of training portals, 
hosted by companies like Google and Facebook Blueprint and Amazon Ads. So if you really want to learn about media buying, you can actually just go to the platform. And there's typically a learning section, a teaching and learning section, where you can actually get certified to become a strategist and or a buyer there. And lastly, there's just lots of great marketing podcasts. I literally will go into Spotify and type in the topic that I'm looking for and just see what pops up. I'm not married to a podcast, but that is one way I discover experts in the field and just listen to what they have to say. And if you need help finding marketing jobs, here's what you need to look out for. Yeah, I have so many thoughts about how to find marketing jobs. There's so many different avenues that you can take. So first, when you are looking for a marketing position, again, it can hit into so many different areas. So some of the keywords, of course, you're looking for is marketing, but then also branding and brand marketing, influencer marketing, digital marketing, social media strategist, email marketing, content partnerships, brand partnerships, brand communications, experiential marketing, which falls under events. So as you can see, there's all these different types. So just start doing your research on what those positions are, what the duties entail, and you have a better idea of what kind of marketing you're looking to do. I personally am a huge fan of Career Contessa, so I know there's amazing job postings on the website for marketing roles there. Of course, LinkedIn is great. You know, you can really, again, filter the type of marketing gig you're looking for based on the search terms I was just discussing. And, you know, if they don't have a marketing position that's open, that's when you can go on LinkedIn and search for their list of employees, see who's managing the marketing and the brand divisions and develop a connection from there just to get on their radar. Now, you can also be on LinkedIn and look for people who hold marketing roles who are alums from your school. So, you know, right there, that's an immediate connection. You went to the same college. And so just reach out, introduce yourself, let them know you're interested in a marketing position and ask if they'd be open to doing an informational and keep you in mind for positions. Referrals are extremely effective for getting an early for a role. I think, you know, Indeed.com is a fantastic resource. When I've looked for jobs on there before, I think the best thing you want to do is have notifications go to your inbox. So as soon as you see that a position's available, you can apply for it. And then, you know, if there are specific companies or brands, again, that you want to work for, of course, just go directly to their website. You know, sometimes depending on the industry you're looking at, whether it's fashion, tech or media, there are sites specifically for them that will aggregate those listings as well, which can be really helpful. And, you know, as I was saying, I think one of the most important parts of the hiring is just to get your resume in early. You know, when the job posting goes online and the resumes are coming in, that hiring manager is probably maybe going to look at the first 20 to 50 resumes and select their initial candidates from there. Pretty much other any other resumes that are coming in a little bit later may not even get looked at. So really, you just want to get your resume in as fast as you can. I say basically when you're looking for a job, it becomes your job. And so when that's the case, and especially with the different types of marketing roles you can have, I always suggest having a few different resume templates ready to go, depending on what you're looking for. So if you're looking maybe at brand marketing or influencer marketing or social media, I would say have a resume ready for each of those roles. So some of there's going to be some overlap, but some of the tasks are going to be more specific to what that role is. So as soon as you see that a position's open, if you need to make a few tweaks, you can just go in and do it right away. But then, you know, Automatically, you have the resume ready to go. You're not wasting any time. You get it in right away and it'll just put you right at the top of the pile. Yeah, I can only really speak for the performance marketing side of things since that's what my career is based off of. But there's sort of two sides of it. I think there's either kind of in-house with a brand or you're going agency side and both are very great paths. Usually when you're thinking about acquisition marketing where keywords are growth marketer or acquisition marketer. And then when you're on the retention side of things, it's retention marketing or 
customer lifecycle marketing or CRM marketing, customer relationship management is another keyword to use. So say you found the job, applied for it with your tailored resume, and just received a notification for a job interview. Here's what you can expect and how to prepare. When I interviewed for my marketing roles, it really is, you know, of course, you want to do as much research as you can about the company and specifically the team even that you're working on. Just, you know, letting them know how excited you are to be working on the projects that they have, you know, coming to the table with ideas already in hand. I think they're super impressed if you see what they're working on and you can say right away, oh, I saw you have this product coming up soon. I saw you recently launched this new program. You've looked at the press releases, have the information and explain what you would do if you were already on the team and how you would want to maybe take it to the next level. I think they're always impressed when you're being proactive in that regard. You know, also they want a bit of an assessment of what you think of what they're doing. What do you like or what do you think can be done differently? Where are there areas of improvement? They want to have people come in that not only have strengths, but can also address some of their weaknesses and fill in those gaps. And so, you know, again, right now, a lot of brands are trying to figure out how to use TikTok right now. So, you know, if you have a TikTok account and you're doing really great with it, you can go to them and say, you know, I know you didn't have one. So if I came on board in this role, I would love to create this TikTok account for you. These, This is the strategy I would put in play. This is how I think it would help us move the needle in all these different areas. So it's just another way of saying, as soon as I were to join the team, I can just hit the ground running and just get that moving. And so that's really what I've done a lot in, in my interviews too, is just giving examples of where I see them doing things well, where I think I can be creative, just help do something differently. And one of the resources I've actually used throughout the years for interviews is ACE the interview course from Career Contessa. I signed up for it years ago. And for anyone listening, the flashcards in the course are amazing. It just really gives you different perspectives on, you know, how to answer questions when they say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And people think, oh, well, I'm from this city and just kind of re-encompass their, their whole resume. And it's really like, no, no, just talk what your interests are. What are you passionate about? Like, just get to a little bit more of, you know, giving them an overall insight of who you are and, and what what you could bring to the table, which I think is really interesting. So typically marketing manager interviews are three stages. It starts with the hiring manager call. A lot of that is really based on is your resume sort of hitting the spots that you need for that JD. So I would say understanding what are kind of the bare minimum to be able to get in front of the hiring manager is going to be super helpful. I know what I've typically looked for in either a junior role or a mid to senior role is if they have experience in the channel that I'm hiring for. And if they don't, I'm really looking for, are they a good problem solver? Can they critically think? Have they done things that they've never done before and were successful at it? So that is a attribute that I really look for in, in hiring a junior person. Then it's usually a marketing assignment. Getting good at Excel is really what's going to help you here. And getting good at being able to communicate your data points within the Excel sheet so that the grader can look at how you did your work and how you arrived at your answers is going to be way helpful for the grader to look at and say, okay, this person knows what they're doing. And a lot of times in these marketing assignments, they sort of write traps for you. So they want to know in a pivot table, are you doing a calculated field? Or are you not doing a calculated field? How are you setting up your Excel tables? Do they look nice? Is there any just 
math problems that you're just not getting correct. So having good marketing fundamentals, right? Understanding how are you going to calculate your return on ad spend or your cost per acquisition is just going to be really important to know. I would say a tip to prep for typically the last the last part of an interview is a multi-panel interview. And what I've seen companies do really well is in these multi-panel interviews, they're really focusing on a few key topics and or key attributes that they're really vetting for in in a candidate. So that's anywhere from subject matter expertise to communication skills, to leadership potential, to collaboration with other teams. So the main tip for the subject matter expert panel is a lot of times they're looking for, did you actually drive a result? So I would say, get ready to talk about how you either executed a plan or set up an A-B test and how you learned from it and how your learnings pushed future decisions that actually made great business impact. Additionally, I never like to overshare numbers. Yellow flag for me is if someone just tells me another business's number. So I would say if you are talking about performance, just talk about things in relative. So you grew this number by 200% or you use you improved this KPI by 10%. So just be mindful of the confidentiality of the numbers that you're putting out there, even in an interview setting. All right. So you ace the interview. The recruiter is dying to have you at their company because you were so well prepped due to the fact that you listened to this podcast episode. Now it's time to talk about money. Here's what our experts had to say about general salary expectations and their own salary journeys. Keep in mind, these figures range depending on where you live, your company niche, and your experience level too. When it comes to marketing, you know, the salaries can vary depending on the industry you're working in. So pretty much every industry needs marketing. So that's where some of the variation is going to come into play. But I would say when you're looking at an entry-level position, you're most likely looking at a salary that's ranging, let's say, between $35,000 to $42,000. As a marketing manager, you're probably now looking more at the 50K range. Senior managers are probably somewhere in 60K to 70K, and then various director levels can go from 80,000 to say low to moderate six figures. And then if you get to the VP level, you're certainly looking at the higher end of six figures and up. And again, you know, these are just ranges. And, you know, ultimately what I say is, you know, no matter what salary you're being offered, it's just so important to negotiate. You know, if you don't, there's always some money that you could be leaving on the table. And, you know, I personally always negotiate my salaries and I've never had a position retracted because I requested more money. Now, I have seen other people say that's happened to them. They asked for more money. The offer was pulled. And in my opinion, I actually think the employer just did you a favor. You know, in my mind, if they're not even willing to have a conversation with you about your salary at the beginning, then you're going to have an even harder time once you're on staff trying to get raises and promotions. I started client side at tree level at around $50,000. I think, you know, now times have changed. It's a little bit on the higher side, or if you start agency side, it might be a little bit lower. I worked my way up to director level, which was anywhere from 150,000 to 200 plus, depending on the size of the company, you know, how much revenue they're doing and also the industry that you're in. Typically what I've seen is manager level starts anywhere from 80,000 on the low end to 120 to 130,000, depending on business size, your level of experience and the industry that you're in. As a freelance consultant, I typically charge a retainer rate, which is anywhere from three to $8,000 a month, depending on the scope. 
My final question to Kendra and Megan was whether they had any additional resources they would recommend for someone looking to become a marketing manager. So here are their final thoughts and where you, listener, should turn to next after finishing this episode. So when it comes to additional resources that you can use for marketing, I honestly feel some of the best ones right now are marketers and creators who are posting content online. And a lot of it is free, especially on YouTube. There's such amazing tips that you can use. And again, a lot of these people in the marketing influencer space also offer paid courses that offer some more in-depth instruction. And so some of my favorites, which, you know, I have no association with these people at all. I'm just huge fans. I've learned so much from them. Vanessa Lau, who's an Instagram and YouTube strategist. Rachel Peterson, who gives great advice about TikTok marketing. Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher are fantastic with email marketing. And Brittany Hennessy is such a pro when it comes to influencer marketing. So really finding these people, checking out their socials, their websites, and just anyone else who kind of falls under different realms of marketing you're looking for, I think is just a great way to just really up-level your skill set. And then of course, Canva, I think is a huge thing for marketers. Again, a lot of us in our roles don't have a graphic designer background. So there's so many graphics you need to make for presentations and case studies and client proposals and social media. So it's just like a really great, easy way to create beautifully designed graphics and templates and get a free account and just automatically start making graphics. It's a go-to resource. You know, I've, I've worked at agencies, I've worked in corporations and pretty much everyone across the board, even when they have a graphic design team, the marketers are still using Canva just again, because of the bandwidth that's involved in terms of just being able to churn out the graphics a little bit faster. LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. That is actually how I get most of my clients. It's through networking. It's through posting now and then on LinkedIn. And I am so lucky in the fact that I get so much inbound. And I think it's because I really built out my profile to let people know what I've done, what I'm doing, what I'm interested in. So yes, LinkedIn is a great tool. If you really can optimize and fill out your LinkedIn profile, business will come to you and you don't have to do too much extra work outside of that. I think newsletters from cool MarTech industries and or marketing agencies is really insightful. I actually don't read them too often. But again, if I am Googling a topic, you'll see a lot of those pop up and reading a, a variety of them kind of helps me develop my point of view on a topic. And lastly, it's super important to make friends in the space and talk to them often. What really helped me become a successful director was going out there, meeting other directors and talking to them, of course, in a confidential space and you're not, you know, spilling business secrets, but really understanding what are the problems they're going through? What are they learning? Any cool new tech or cool new things that they're working on has really helped me in my career. So there you have it. You now know what it takes to become a marketing manager. A big thank you to our marketing experts, Kendra Newton and Megan Yip for taking the time to share their expertise with us. If you're interested in learning more about them or checking out any of the resources they've mentioned, I've included links in the show notes. And as always, let us know what other job titles I should cover next. What career do you want to learn more about? Is it a dog walker, flight attendant, how to become an influencer? I don't know. Let me know. And also, please leave us a note on Apple Podcasts with those careers that you want to learn about and just what you think about our show. It really helps other people discover our show. So thank you.